Welcome to the AV Forums podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury. Welcome to the third AV Forums podcast. Coming up, we've got the latest DVD and gaming news and reviews, plus the second of our three-part LCD TV buyer's guide. But first, the news in high definition. This week's audio-visual news. In the news, Sky finally released HD details. The BBC announced high-definition sporting broadcasts, the plasma versus LCD battle heats up, and we've got details of Panasonic's new flat-screen models. Heading up our podcast this time out is the news that high-definition broadcasting in the UK finally has an official date and price. Yet, after keeping us on tenderhooks for months while it tried to secure sufficient stocks of its new HD receiver, Sky has finally revealed that it intends to start installing HD receivers in our homes from the beginning of May, with standard installation being free, but the receivers costing £299. This is actually slightly lower than many pundits were predicting, but there's a sting in the tail, in the shape of an extra £10 a month on your Sky subscription for the HD services. Damn, it's almost as if Sky knows that we won't be able to resist, no matter how much it costs. If you want to be one of the first to get Sky HD, you should pre-register now via www.sky.com forward slash HD. Although I should just say that I've had high-definition content streaming into my house for the last two weeks, care of Telly West. Likely to boost sales of the Sky HD box no end is the exciting announcement from the BBC that it intends to broadcast every single one of its World Cup matches live in high definition via the Sky platform. Fans of the beautiful game will thus be able to sit looking even more beautiful. Fans of tennis star Maria Sharapova, meanwhile, can find out if she's really as flawless as she appears thanks to the Beeb also deciding to show matches from the show courts at Wimbledon in HD. Plus, you can expect HD versions of hit BBC shows like Planet Earth and Bleak House. Even Hotel Babylon is set to get the HD treatment. But whichever platform you choose, Sky or Telly West, you're going to be faced with a tricky new choice over what to watch those high-definition broadcasts on. For the long-running spat between plasma and LCD technologies is about to shift up to a whole new level. Why? The answer's simple. Size. Plasma had it pretty easy so far, thanks to LCD's problems hitting screen sizes above 40 inches, without costing crazy money. But the next few months will see a host of 40-plus-inch LCDs coming out, at prices that are at least competitive with the same-sized plasmas. Some manufacturers, such as Samsung and LG, are fairly sanguine about the upcoming battle, since they cater amply for both formats. But brands that currently support just one format at the 40-inch plus level, such as Sony on the LCD side and Panasonic and Pioneer on the plasma side, will surely be hoping against hope that they've backed the right pony. With this in mind, we were hardly surprised when Panasonic opened a recent presentation of its 2006 product range with a robust defence of plasma as the best picture technology for big screen viewing. Reasons cited for their opinion included plasma's deeper black reproduction, better viewing angles, richer colour reproduction, better gradation and enhanced motion handling. To back these claims up, Panasonic unveiled not one, but three ranges of new plasma TVs. The entry-level 37-inch and 42-inch PD60 models are a bit of a surprise in that they're not HD-ready due to a lack of core panel resolution. 
though they can at least take HD signals via an HDMI jack. The 37, 42 and 50-inch PX60 models are probably more up the streets of our listeners thanks to their full HD-ready specs and twin HDMI jacks, while the top-end PX600s add enhanced audio systems and SD card slots for playing or recording digital stills and MPEG-4 movies. All Panny's new plasmas introduce a new picture processing engine dubbed V-Real and a new networking feature that allows you to send control signals to compatible secondary Panasonic kit, such as one of its new Digger DVD recorders via an HDMI connection. Sadly, this system won't work with other manufacturers' products, but Panasonic completists will doubtless lap it up. And that's your hardware news for this edition. Between them, the three movies in our DVD roundup won no less than seven Oscars this year. Our reviews are coming right up. The AV Forum, DVD News and Review Roundup with Phil Hinton. Welcome to the DVD News and Reviews for this edition. Coming up, we have early reviews of Brokeback Mountain, Memoirs of a Geisha and The Chronicles of Narnia. But first, it's time for the DVD News. DVD News. The sequel to the $100 million original... Underworld Evolution hits Region 1 DVD on June 6th. Featuring a 240 to 1 anamorphic transfer with English and French Dolby Digital soundtracks, this special edition DVD will have a host of extras including a commentary track, six featurettes and rounding off with a bonus music video. Fox has announced Nightwatch on UK Region 2 DVD and UMD from the 24th of April. Featuring a 185 to 1 anamorphic transfer and Dolby Digital soundtracks, there will be three full editions of the film, plus five featurettes and a trailer. Several online retailers are now taking pre-orders and offering big discounts on several HD DVDs from Warner Brothers Studios. Included in the deals are The Last Samurai, Million Dollar Baby and the 2004 edition of The Phantom of the Opera. The discs will all feature anamorphic 1080p transfers and Dolby Digital Plus 5.1 soundtracks and they will retail for around £17 when launched on April 18th. Some retailers are also taking orders on the first batch of Blu-ray discs. Amongst the list are Forum's favourites The Fifth Element, Terminator 2 and recent Oscar winner Crash. Again, these titles will feature anamorphic 1080p transfers and Dolby Digital Plus soundtracks. The discs will retail for between £16 to £18 each and there will be about 15 titles initially released. All we need now is confirmation of hardware availability and what restrictions there will be on playback of these US titles, if any. AV Forums and AV Play will feature reviews of these discs very soon. And that's your news for this edition. This week's DVD Reviews. A story like mine has never been told. certainly wasn't born to the life of a geisha. Your family sold you to this house. You live here now. This is the new arrival. Chio is my new protege. Focus on your studies. Music, the art of conversation. Now, we are rivals. 
A true geisha can stop a man in his tracks with a single look. You are ready. Rob Marshall is back in the director's chair this month for the release of Memoirs of a Geisha on Region 1 DVD. Set in 1930s Japan, the story follows Cheo, who as a young girl is sold to a geisha house. The film charts her rise as she takes the steps to becoming a geisha, but things won't run smoothly due to jealousy, backstabbing and not knowing the whereabouts of her sister. The DVD has an absolutely wonderful print, presented with theatrical correct 2.40 to 1 anamorphic transfer. There are no signs of compression, edge enhancement, grain or print damage. Colours are bright and vivid with excellent black levels which provide a real depth of detail. This is a reference quality transfer. The Dolby Digital 5.1 sound mix has a workable and pleasingly ambient feel which works well with John Williams' score. This is a dialogue heavy movie which bassheads won't appreciate. But what we have here is a wonderfully delicate sound mix with great dynamics. The extras are also very well presented and numerous in number. Whilst there is nothing out of the ordinary here, there is plenty to keep fans happy with 11 featurettes and a photo gallery. The DVD scores a massive 8 out of 10. You will be the most famous geisha in all Miyako. I shall destroy you. The object of every man's fantasy. Celebrate this moment. Sometimes I worry she's taking me further from the things I want. Forget about him. Every step I have taken has been to bring myself closer to you. We do not become geisha to pursue our own destinies. I want a life that is mine! This week's DVD Reviews. If you're looking for work, I suggest you get in here pronto. Well, since we're going to be working together, I reckon it's time we start drinking together. Director Ang Lee has much to be happy about with his latest film, Brokeback Mountain, arriving on Region 1 DVD. The movie follows the story of a rodeo rider and a farm steer, who become intimate lovers whilst working together on Brokeback Mountain. Following the story over a number of years, we see how they battle to live normal lives, yet keep their own relationship secret. The film has courted much controversy, as well as critical acclaim, and director Ang Lee explains his reasons for taking on such a project in the extra feature. I always like making dramas, which is about conflict. You put different ingredients, which is in conflict with each other, and through which you examine humanity. Um, to me, the dramatic uh, course to find that uh, Brokeback Mountain, so to speak, it is elusive, it is uh, romantic, it is something that it hits you that you keep wanting to go back. And it's a love story. It has everything to do with the culture, with the landscape, with nature. 
everything they feel is private. They have to privatize their feelings. It's it's precious. It's private. It's um, it's something very special that they cannot articulate. Um, so that that's something so interesting to me. You know, it could be like this, just like this always. This thing grabs hold of us in the wrong place, and we're dead. The boy sure found a way to make the time pass up there. You don't go up there to fish. You don't know nothing about it. You have no idea how bad it gets. If you can't fix it, you got to stand it. I wish I knew how to quit you. The DVD is presented in a 185 to 1 anamorphic transfer, which, for such a recent movie with stunning photography, has print damage in the form of dust, which becomes quite distracting. Colours are bold and natural with no signs of edge enhancement or compression issues. The Dolby 5.1 sound mix is a middle-of-the-road affair, much like the movie itself. It ponders and is laid back, giving you nothing really to write home about. Extras are again disappointing, with not much here to keep you busy or happy. And let's face it, after two hours of nothing much happening in the movie, you will be forgiven for not looking at the extras. Overall, whilst it courted controversy and critical acclaim, with its stunning cinematography and scenery, the actual storyline and chemistry between the leads feels forced and overlong. Board Back Mountain is the opinion of the AV Forum's review team on this one. The disc scores 4 out of 10. This week's DVD Reviews. Mrs. McCready, I'm afraid so. The professor is unaccustomed to having children in this house. And as such, there are a few rules we need to follow. There will be no shouting or running. No sliding on the banisters. No touching of the historical artifacts. And above all, there shall be no disturbing of the professor. 96, 97, 98, 99, 100. Ready or not, here I come. What are you doing here? Wow. I was hiding in the wardrobe in the spare room. A and spare room? Is that in Narnia? Narnia? What's that? Oh, dear girl, you're, you're in it. You need to wake up. It's there. It's really there. Narnia, it's all in the wardrobe, like I told you. Oh, you've just been dreaming, Lucy. Lucy thinks she's found a forest inside. She won't stop going on about it. What was it like? Like talking to a lunatic. No, 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 not her, the forest. You're not saying you believe her. You don't? But of course not. I mean, logically, it's impossible. The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe arrives on Region 1 DVD this month as a two-disc special edition. Using state-of-the-art special effects and based on the novels by C.S. Lewis, this film promised much. However, it does sadden us to tell you that, although your kids will love the movie, adults will be a little disappointed with the lack of any real on-screen action or adventure. Things are certainly aimed at the under-11s market, and it shows. The DVD features a 2.35 to 1 anamorphic transfer, which looks pristine throughout. With bright colours and exceptional detail to be seen, it's only the existence of the dreaded edge enhancement which spoils matters slightly. The Disney home theatre mix in Dolby Digital 5.1 and the DTS 5.1 sound mixes are very good indeed. 
Although not reference quality, there are some excellent effects which make good use of the surrounds and LFE channels. Extras are also plentiful, but like the film, they are aimed squarely at the under 11's age group. Overall, this is not a Lord of the Rings epic experience, but it should keep the kids happy. The disc scores 6 out of 10. Oh! There you are. What were you all doing in the wardrobe? You wouldn't believe us if we told you, sir. Try me. The highest definition. 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 This is the AV Forums Podcast. That rounds up the DVD news and reviews for this edition. And now it's over to Neil Gardhouse with the gaming news. The AV Forums podcast, Gaming News. Thanks, Phil. Sony has made a few announcements regarding the PlayStation 3 in the last week. As mentioned in our first podcast, it is now confirmed that the PlayStation 3 will have a worldwide release in November this year, but no price tag has been mentioned yet. Not only this, it has also been announced that PlayStation 3 games will require the use of a hard disk drive. Luckily, a 60GB one is apparently coming as standard out of the box, with larger drives available as an add-on. Of course, releasing the console at Christmas will probably result in the same scenario as the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox 360 on eBay, so consider getting that pre-order in sooner rather than later. And speaking of new announcements, current rumours at the time of recording indicate that Nintendo could steal Sony's thunder and announce the Revolution's release date for June, giving Nintendo a five-month head start on Sony. If the rumours are true, then we could be seeing more a Nintendo-Microsoft war rather than a Sony-Microsoft war. Considering that Nintendo will have at least one major title, possibly Mario, then this summer could be very exciting. Although, as with the N64, it could be a Japan-only launch in the summer. And if history repeats itself, we could be waiting until the following March. Xbox 360 owners have probably already heard the news that Halo is to appear on the marketplace. And coupled with the news on the last podcast of Midway launching games on live as well, the future for arcade gamers looks exciting. However, let's not stop the news there. There's rumours of 50, yes, 50 Dreamcast games appearing on live this year. There are no details as yet, but we could have games such as Space Channel 5, or with any luck, Res in the next few months. Now, for those of you who hadn't heard, there are no repeat plans for World of Witchcraft on Xbox 360. Blizzard's COO Paul Sams stated earlier this month, We do not have any plans to take the World of Witchcraft to Xbox 360. World of Witchcraft is built as a PC gaming experience. Porting PC games to consoles often compromise games and we'd never allow the World of Witchcraft gameplay experience to suffer. So there you have it. Fans of the PC game Black and White 2 should be excited to see the release of an expansion pack. Called Black and White 2 Battle of the Gods, it is due to land in April. It will give players a new rival god to fight against, a new creature, three lands to battle over and four new miracles. So far so normal expansion. However, Lionhead have promised, well, boasted actually, that the expansion will feature more darker and more sinister challenges compared to the original's more cheery ones. But for those of you interested, this should be very interesting. And finally, staying with the PC, for those of you into MMORPGs, Warhammer Online Age of Reckoning's website went live from the 18th of March. 
Warhammer itself is a well-recognised name for those who have even had a fleeting glance into a Games Workshop window. The game is being developed by Mythic Entertainment, who were responsible for the award-winning Dark Age of Camelot. The game should be out early next year, but if you can't wait for a look, check out the website at warhammeronline.com. That rounds up the gaming news for this edition, and now it's back to Phil. Thanks, Neil, and that's all the software news we have for you this time. Remember to log in to the DVD and gaming forums to stay up to date with the latest news and reviews, and we'll have more for you in podcast number four. Bye for now. The AV Forums Podcast. Jason Bradbury. With LCD TV size and connections covered last time round, here we're going to delve into the murky world of features. Starting, of course, with high definition. The AV Forums Podcast. Buyer's Guide. Really, anyone sufficiently into AV to be listening to this podcast should ensure their next TV purchase can handle high-definition pictures, which should be simple enough, right? Not exactly. A number of issues make buying an HD LCD TV more complicated. First, some TVs that are technically able to show high def can only do so via analogue connections, meaning they won't work with the digital connections used by the majority of HD devices in the future. Also, some HD-capable screens only have low pixel resolutions and so short-change HD pictures by downscaling them from their 720p or 1080i highs. To make it easier to spot TVs that are future-proofed for HD in connectivity and resolution terms, the AV industry has agreed on the HD-ready standard. Only widescreen LCD TVs with native resolutions of at least 720 lines and which have all the necessary digital and analogue HD connections can wear the HD-ready badge. So if you buy an HD-ready TV, you should be able to feel quite confident that it's future-proof. However, not all HD-ready TVs are equal. For instance, some have considerably more digital and component HD connections than others, and a few have 1920 by 1080 native resolutions, while most have 1366 by 768 native resolutions. In fact, this issue with native resolution is a source of major confusion, with some people thinking that since HD-ready screens have only 720 lines, they can't do 1080i high-definition justice. But in practice, this argument doesn't really stack up. For starters, it's quite difficult to see any difference between 720p and 1080i, downscaled or otherwise, on anything other than really huge screens. Also, the 720p HD format is probably going to be as common as 1080i when it comes to HD broadcasts. Sky is certainly using both. So regardless of whether you've got a 1080-line or 768-line LCD TV, you'll still find your TV having to scale some of the incoming HD signals to fit, rather than showing everything completely natively. The only people who should perhaps make a 1080-line native resolution a priority are those serious about getting the best from the new 1080p high-definition format that will apparently be available from Blu-ray discs and the PS3, as well as some top-end upscaling DVD decks. At the moment, this step-up format will not even play on the majority of LCD TVs out there, and is being seen as a niche proposition for premium screens by the hardware brands. But if you want it, and you want to do it full justice, a 1080-line screen is worth considering. Aside from resolution, most of the other quoted manufacturer specifications for LCD TVs should be taken with a healthy pinch of salt. Claimed contrast ratios and brightness outputs, for instance, can both be measured in radically different ways, so don't use them as anything more than a very general guideline to a TV's capabilities. A more important feature to consider is a built-in digital tuner. 
With the analogue broadcasting switch off looming large, it's really well worth considering a TV that's ready for the Freeview Digital Terrestrial Service. Unless, of course, you're a Sky Digital subscriber. Wanting to save yourself 100 quid or so on a digital tuner, you'll probably seldom use. Other general utility features worth keeping an eye on are PC compatibility and picture-in-picture facilities. Of course, most mid-range or step-up TVs also boast numerous tricks and features specific to them. But trying to cover all these more minor offerings would require the podcast equivalent of War and Peace. So we'll stick to one last point. Picture processing systems. Pretty much every manufacturer and their dog has some fancily named image boosting circuitry on their TVs these days. Be it Sony's new Bravia engine, LG's XD engine, Toshiba's Active Vision, Samsung's DNI-E and so on. In fact, so common are such processing systems and so similar are they in what they ultimately set out to achieve that you really shouldn't treat them as anything more than shallow marketing tools. Sure, some of them, like Panasonic's new V-Real system and Philips Pixel Plus HD, are undoubtedly much cleverer and more powerful than others. But seldom can you really tell which systems are going to be the best from simply reading a technical list of what they do. In the end, the only way to judge an image process's worth is by the quality of the final picture. Which is where part three of our LCD buying guide will come in, as we'll lead you through all the key points you should be looking for on an LCD picture before you finally hand over your cash. Another reason there, then, not to miss our next podcast. We hope you'll agree. The biggest news and DVD reviews every week. You're listening to the AV Forums podcast. If you've got any AV hardware issues which you'd like us to contact manufacturers about on your behalf, please email avdoctor at avforums.com. Contact the AV Forums podcast. Email podcast at avforums.com. And that brings the third AV Forums podcast to an end. If you've got any questions, feature suggestions or news for our next podcast, please let us know in our feedback forum at www.avforums.com. This is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening, stay subscribed and tell your friends. The AV Forums podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and written by John Archer. The DVD News and Reviews Roundup was written and presented by Phil Hinton with gaming news written by Damon Dove. Original music by Andrew Bassett. The podcast was produced and mixed by Phil Hinton and the executive producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited.